Welcome to the Equally Yoked podcast, where we talk about all things alignment. I'm Lisa. And I'm Janice. And we believe a life fully aligned is a life fully fulfilled. On the last episode, we talked about spiritual alignment in a more general way. But on this episode, we're going to discuss the topic of spiritual alignment in more depth, as well as how it leads to personal alignment. But before we begin, I'd like to reiterate how Lisa and I are using the term equally yoked in relation to the podcast. So for listeners who may not be familiar with the term, it's often mentioned in the Bible and by the Christian community in the context of relationships. However, we will be applying this to other aspects of life just for the purpose of the the podcast. We're going to be using it more interchangeably with the idea of alignment. So today is a special episode because we have our very first guest joining us Mr. James Lewis. He's going to be helping us dive deeper into the topic with his personal experience, his insight, and his wisdom on this topic. So before we get started, I'd like to just take a minute to share some information on his background and to introduce him to the listeners. James Lewis, pastor and music minister, has over 20 years of experience leading in in Christian ministry and teaching biblical principles. He's dedicated much of his time traveling to serve other churches across the nation through evangelism, counseling, consultation, and through his musical gift. He's worked with many well-known names in the music industry and has produced a number of projects, including his own, which can be found on Apple Music. James often shares his personal testimony of spiritual transformation and is passionate about supporting the spiritual transformation of others. Soon, author will also be added to the list of titles he owns as he prepares to publish two of his books entitled Know Who You Are and Cycles. His resume and accomplishments clearly exemplify the fruit of spiritual and personal alignment, as well as the foundation for authentic living. James Lewis is a Philadelphia native. He's a husband, a father, and a true family man at heart. And so I think it's pretty clear as to why he's a great person to speak on this topic. And with that being said, James, I'd like to thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you so much. And we'll just want to start the conversation. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. So basically this topic of spiritual alignment in general, I think we can all agree spirituality can be, can be defined in so many ways in our society, but from your personal view, James, how would you define spirituality? I can only speak from a Christian standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand like spirituality is a belief in something or uh, uh, an entity that's greater than yourself. Right. Um, it's usually a belief that we're universally co- connected. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Avatar, um, yeah. but in that movie, it gives off that um, message that we're connected to everything. We're connected to um, the universe. We're connected to the creatures. We're cur- connected to the earth. We're even connected spiritually. So that's just a general, you know, understanding of spirituality. But in the Christian standpoint, we're connected to God. We believe that we have to be connected to God. Um, And I believe it's a personal relationship with a triune God through the redemptive power of Christ, which we express through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, um, we, because we're out of balance and because we're not um, connected spiritually, we're misaligned throughout the rest of our lives. What would you say in terms of the difference between spirituality and religion? They're somewhat similar, but mm-hmm. spirituality is more of an individual course, um, an individual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Religion is basically a set of rules that are followed. It's a system of faith and worship. It's followed by a group of people. And anybody that's in a group in that group can follow those same laws, but they're not necessarily or rules, but they're not necessarily spiritual. Mm -hmm. um, so we have people that come to church, people that pay offering and pay tithe, but they're not necessarily spiritual. There's a lot of people that come to the, the worship house or the church and do the same thing week after week, but they've never been connected to God spiritually, right? Right. But, but spiritualism or spirituality um, is a deeper connection. It actually connects to a higher source. And in my case, it's God. Right. So basically like what you're saying, you can be religious and not necessarily be spiritual. And just because you're practicing a, a religion doesn't mean that you're necessarily on a spiritual journey. Yeah, because some people are born into it. Right. Some people, that's all they know. Some people are forced into it culturally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's also the same, like vice versa, that you can be spiritual, but not religious? Absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate to what you just said. People who grew up in religious backgrounds and all that stuff. It does seem to be two different things. So can I add, can sure. I add to that? Mm -hmm. So in Jesus's day, there were a lot of religious people, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And they wanted to stick to the rules and the law of religion. Right. And they fought against the very God or the very savior that God sent to those people in that religion. Right. And because of their religion, they were blinded to the move of God or the right. new move of God and could not see that this was their savior. I don't want to um, sound like I'm against religion, but it sounds like, I mean, would you say too, there could be times where maybe religion can actually hinder some people from growing spiritually. What do you think about that? So <clears throat> I believe that God is ritualistic. So religion matters. Okay. You know, how we present ourselves, how we act, et cetera, what we do. But ultimately um, those that are closed-minded, um, or can only see things one way um, will absolutely block spiritual growth. Um, I actually wrote, I started writing a book called, <laughs> called The Church, Your Unfriendly Abortion Clinic. And I was told not to because it would do too much damage to the church because the church is constantly under attack. And mm -hmm. I understood that, you know? Yeah. But the truth is many times religious people hate the move of God because it's outside of their norm mm -hmm. and because some people feel safe in that box some people feel safe with that blanket anytime you remove that blanket they are exposed they're uncomfortable etc so yeah they block that move or that transition right what about you or your personal experience when did your faith sort of become your own if that makes does that make sense that question yeah, that okay. makes sense. Um, so it became my own when I realized I was either going to die or be put in prison. Wow. And I had to come to <laughs> face the truth. Like everything that I was doing, I was doing against the will of God. Mm -hmm. I was doing it in rebellion, you know? And so I believe God was calling me back to him. Right. And yeah. by showing me examples, by having people die around me, Mm -hmm. People arrested around me. Um, there were attempts on my life as well. 
but God protected me through it all. And it made me come to the realization that I need to align with God. So I gave my life to Christ, actually ran to church wow. and gave my life to Christ. Was it just a lifestyle in general that you were living or was there a specific incident that happened that was a breaking point for you or like a, a wake, an awakening? There was a summer full of death, full of attempts on my life, full of trauma. Um, and I decided that I needed to come back to Christ. Other people, sometimes they have the same story. Do you feel like that's a way, a common way that God tries, maybe tries to connect with us spiritually? It can be for those that, you know, are in that vein of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but ultimately, um, I've, I've heard testimonies of people who, ha who had dreams about Jesus. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, the Islamic world, many uh, Muslims are now having dreams about Christ. He's presenting himself to them in their dreams because Christians can't get through. Wow. So, you know, there are other ways that God will draw people to him. God is constantly drawing us. He's constantly knocking. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks and it's up to us to answer. What do you say about, about, and I love that you said, God says he stands at the door and he knocks for, for those to, to answer. And sometimes we don't always answer right away, or sometimes we don't answer at all. Or sometimes we feel the nudge, but we don't quickly kind of, I guess, a, a acknowledge it. So what do you say to people who may be confused about, maybe they are feeling a knock, but they're confused about spirituality and they don't feel close to God, but they want to. Do you have any ideas of ways that they could kind of navigate that? So um, there's a scripture Romans in Romans 5. Um, it says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners, right? Yeah. So I would say to them, if you feel the nudge, just come, mm -hmm. right? If you right. feel the nudge or the knock, just answer. God doesn't care about where you are. He doesn't care about what you've done. Okay. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't even care what you're doing right now. He just wants you, mm -hmm. right? He right. wants a relationship with you. So just come. Right. And that goes back again to that. Not, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it just reminded me of what you said earlier about the religion, even sometimes because we're trying to keep these rules or standards, a lot of times that hinders people from just coming as they are. Yeah, yeah. But were you so, going to say more? Because I don't mean to cut you off. Um, in hockey, they have a blocker, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot the term, but he actually stands a goalie. He stands at the goal and he blocks the hockey puck, right? Right. So oftentimes in church, we have people that are the goalies wow, for God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're just like, unless you look like me, you can't come in. Unless right. you praise God like this, you can't come in. Unless you believe what I believe. You can't come in. Now, there are certain foundational uh, laws and um, beliefs that we all should have as Christians, mm -hmm. you know, but there are, there, there's so much division in church over misunderstanding, mm -hmm. misinterpretation, you know, or I need to feel as though I'm better than you. Yeah. Right. So because I have a degree or because I, I'm uh, licensed and ordained or because I've been in this church for 30 years, I'm better than you. 
So unless you look like how I want you to look, unless you behave the way I want you to behave, you can't come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And I I really like the analogy that you use, the soccer analogy. Um, As far as your own personal experience with spiritual alignment and and the journey, where would you say you are right now in your journey or how it's been for you just trying to pursue that in your life? I will say I'm evolving um, and I'm grateful for it. God has shown me a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. I had to do a lot of introspection. Like I checked myself, you know, <laughs> yeah. and um, the funny thing is the more you get an understanding, right? Mm-hmm. You'll begin to see where you are in life, how you're connected in life and how you impact other people in life. Right. Right. So Jesus said this, how can you say you love a God who you've never seen when you don't love your brother who you see every day? Yeah. Right. So my issue was I want to be able to forgive. I want to be able to love more. I even want to experience love more. Mm -hmm. Right. So it started with me because I check my circles daily. Mm -hmm. Right. I check because you are the sum of your circle, Absolutely. Right? right? So if you have five millionaires in your circle, eventually you're going to be the sick, Absolutely. right? If you have uh, uh, five drug abusers in your circle, eventually you're going to be the sick. Right. So ultimately I had to check my circles. I had to check my relationship with God. I had to check my relationship with my family, you know? Yeah. And ultimately um, I've been growing in a way where, my patience has grown grown with people, mm-hmm. right? Even myself, because sometimes we destroy ourselves, we tear ourselves down for the mistakes that we made, right? Yeah. Yes. But through that relationship with God, I began to love me the way he loved me, right? Right. And basically I began to forgive myself, have more patience for myself and have even more confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've grown in that way where I can love better. I can love more. My capacity has expanded. I've grown. So in this moment, I'm on a journey, or I should say, my my goal is to love more, to know more about God, um, and how to be more um, effective in people's lives. Um, because I want everybody. See, I, I, I'll get on. I'll get on that a little later, but. I want everybody to experience what I've experienced and experience true love. Mm-hmm. That was well said. That was that was well said. That was beautiful. And you, um, I was going to ask you a little bit more of how you have grown yourself, but you spoke a lot about that self-forgiveness, that self-love, that self-compassion. And I think that is really a key component with our relationships with ourselves. And then you also mentioned how you check your, your circles and you check yourself. I just wanted to know just a little bit about how you go about checking your circles. How do you evaluate who's around you? So (laughs) I have multiple circles in my life, Mm -hmm. right? I try not to intermingle certain circles. Okay. um, Because of personalities, idiosyncrasies, et cetera. Um, But there are circles in my life where if it doesn't add to me, if it doesn't Mm -hmm. grow me, if it doesn't inspire me, I limit my availability. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's good. So you, you put those boundaries up, you kind of, like you said, you categorize and you know how you're going to show up in those relationships. So 
you're the CEO of your life. Oh, right? I like that. So yes. You have to manage your life appropriately. Right. And my purpose and, and, and spirituality is basically growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all want to grow. But right. if it hinders your growth, why do you keep investing time and energy in a place that hinders your growth yeah. and people? Yeah, we we like um, quotes and analogies a lot. So you're giving us a lot to just kind of stash away <laughs> the goalie analogy that you are the CEO of your life. You are it really, it's so empowering because we are in total control of our lives. We do have the ultimate that power. Um, as humans. So thank you. Let let me give you this. Jesus told the disciples, if they don't receive you, kick the dust off your feet and move on. Mm, Right? Yeah. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Right? Mm. Because here's the thing, a a pig or hog will never appreciate a a pearl. Right. They'll never appreciate the value that you offer, that you add because of their mindset. So my goal in life is not to invest my energy in that manner or in that certain way, but try to inspire people to come out of that mindset. This is why I'm writing the book Cycles, right. because we often repeat the same cycles because of our mindset. Yeah. And the Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So if you change your mind, you can change your life. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I love it. And I just like too that you really emphasize a lot on really the scriptures. It talks of it really encourages and boosts our self-esteem and knowing who we are in Christ and knowing our self-worth. And I think that's also a really deep part of, a, of alignment. So I thank you for just emphasizing that too for listeners who may be, you know, too. Sometimes we our self-esteem fluctuates and sometimes we don't remember who we are. But I like that you touched on scriptures that remind us of our worth and who we are in God's eyes as well. So thank you for that. And I wanted to um, say the other day, Lisa and I, she was sharing some things about her personal journey, some things that she was kind of navigating through. So I did want to ask you, Lisa, if you wanted to um, elaborate more on that. Yeah, I would love to follow up with some questions. And I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt there. I, we might be able to do a follow-up series with you, James, on the power of mindset because Janice and I actually have that plan for a future podcast. So it's it's something we've been learning, reading about in terms of the power of your thoughts in um, shaping the actions that you take and, and ultimately the trajectory of your life. So that's super powerful. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I, this, this whole, uh, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of things that we could continue unpacking and I love what you're bringing uh, to the table this morning. It's, there's a lot of deep stuff here. Um, the one, the one thing that I had a specific question about, and then I'll probably continue asking a few other questions. Um, for me personally, the one struggle recently, I wanted to see how kind of how your response to this would be in terms of those of us who have a a strong personal relationship with Jesus, but we struggle when it comes to having a desire to really evangelize and spread that to other people without, and obviously it has to be natural and organic and not forced, but like, what would you say to those that struggle with having, engaging in those type of activities like evangelism? Okay. Um, do you have a Bible with you? I do, yes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to give you two scriptures. Um, one is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay. All right. Um, it's 
basically says the Holy Spirit will give us power or empower us to be witnesses even to the end of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other scripture, I'm going to let you read it later on, but Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And okay. ultimately what I tell people is um, on a more realistic uh, standpoint um, or practical standpoint, um, what I tell people is if you love them, you'll tell them. Mm -hmm. So if you go mm -hmm. shopping, right, and you find a new pair of shoes or a new dress or even a new hat, right, you're going to be excited to tell your friends about it. Right. right? And show it off, right? right. Jesus, Jesus <laughs> said, if you be ashamed of me here, right, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father, right? So wow. ultimately... We're required to witness, but not from the standpoint of being forced to do so. Not right. from the standpoint of it being uh, unnatural or we're just forcing it. Um, it's from the standpoint of love. And if mm -hmm. you love them, you'll tell them, right? I wrote mm -hmm. a song a long time ago called Can't Wait to See Your Face. And one of the lines in the song says, I'm telling everybody, you're coming again. I'm telling my church, my family, and my friends, right? Um, because I want them to know Christ, but I also want to, them to be prepared for Christ's return, right? Mm -hmm. So ultimately, if you love them, in essence, you'll tell them, right? Yeah. You'll, you'll want to save them. You'll want them to mm -hmm. have a better life. You, mm -hmm. You'll want them to have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's so true. I love that answer. Thank you. And you now it's, it's true. Also, I think if it's, if it's um, you have the joy of Christ within you and the love within you, like you've received it and you kind of own it, it naturally flows out in, in ways it's inevitably going to flow out of you and into the others in your circles. Absolutely. So what has been your experience like with incorporating in your own personal journey, spiritual disciplines like daily prayer, meditation, or, you know, just even reading the word, maybe fasting, those kinds of things. Any suggestions for those that might be trying to get into a regular routine with the spiritual disciplines and, and be more intentional with those? Um, absolutely. Um, Nike had a, a, <laughs> a commercial that said, just do it, right? Um, we struggle oftentimes with the discipline of prayer, reading, fasting, etc. But I believe you have to start where you are, right? So if you can just start by saying a prayer, right? I'm actually working on a minute message. I'm going to be posting those eventually. Um, but basically, it'll be me reading a scripture and giving a summation of that scripture. But one minute when you wake up in the morning, if you could pray, one minute if you could just read one scripture. Um, my grandma would read a scripture every morning and every night before bed and when she woke up. And so that encouraged me to do so. But what I've done now is added the remi reminders on my phone. There are even biblical apps or Bible apps where it'll pop up a scripture for that morning. All you have to do is read it. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Um, there's a book called Our Deli Bread that I believe they will send to your house for free. That book was in 
uh, my grandparents' bathroom. So I would go in the bathroom, get the book and read, you know, and it created that discipline for me just to do it. Um, as far as fasting, um, I grew up with an organization that fasted every Friday, right? Um, and so in doing that over time, it's just become a part of who I am, but anything that you practice will become perfect. So mm -hmm. if you practice it and be consistent, it'll actually mature to the point of this is a part of who I am. This is my daily routine. I love that. Yeah, no, that's great. I, my grandparents also had the daily bread uh, in the, in their house. Yeah. And um, it's, it sounds a little bit trivial or, or almost, you know, when you say you can give a minute or two minutes to God, I mean, of course, like that sounds like I don't, um, but, but it's true. Like if, if we're not in a daily routine of giving any intentional minute or hour, whatever, whatever time frame it is, no matter how short or how long you just have to start. And if, if it's starting with one minute, it's one minute. And I think once you get into that routine and that rhythm, you'll start craving it and hopefully spending more, you know, more than a minute, um, reading or in prayer. So I love that idea. And it's, it's the intent of how you start your day. Like what better way to start your day off? Yeah. yeah. So and, and also, when you start your day that way, being grateful, when you start your day praying for direction, Jesus, he told us the Lord's prayer, what we know as the Lord's prayer. And he said, give us this day our daily bread, right? He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Meaning that, on this day, I need a word for this day. I need instruction for this day, giving us our daily bread, right? Um, but he also said, don't lead us into temptation. But if we do fall into temptation or are tempted, deliver us from evil, right? So when you pray that prayer, basically you're setting up your day for the best day that you could have. Mm -hmm. The Lord's prayer, yeah. it's a powerful prayer. It's something we could put uh, or link a scripture to um, in the podcast. It's, it's a great point. So in, in kind of summary of being kind of what you've covered um, with us the last half hour, you've mentioned some of this, but what are other likely outcomes or benefits of living a spiritually aligned lifestyle and making what, what Janice and I on this podcast are calling equally yoked choices. Choices that are in line with who you are and your values and your morals. And that obviously it's um, the choices you make with your individual actions, but the, the choices you make um, in terms of who you allow in your life. So what are some other, and again, you mentioned some of this in your own personal life, but if you could kind of speak to that a little bit more in depth. Okay, um, so um, I would suggest um, reading Proverbs 10, right? And I believe in the sixth verse, it says something about blessings crown the head of the righteous, right? Righteous meaning, meaning being in right standing or being upright, right? Um, the Bible also says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord right? So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, basically, 
being being in an upright or a, a, a righteous stand standing with God um, basically leaves you room for blessings, right? Um, the Bible also talks about how a blessing will chase you and overtake you. Um, the Bible also talks about how um, he'll give you blessings. I believe this is in Malachi where you won't have room to receive it. But what I want to reference is uh, 1 Samuel um, 15. It actually says obedience is better than sacrifice, right? And I watched the uh, Instagram story the other day where they were talking about the same subject. And they asked uh, a former R&B artist um, about spiritual alignment. And he said, his answer was simple. He said, stop being disobedient to the creator. Mm -hmm. Right? Because ultimately when you're obedient, you fall in line with what God has established for your life, right? Disobedience causes misconfiguration. Disobedience causes you to be out of alignment. Disobedience causes you to be trapped in cycles and circles in your life, right? So mm -hmm. when me and my wife, we've, uh, my wife and I, we've ordered a lot of furniture and some of it we've had to put together, right? Um, often men don't like following instructions. It's true. <laughs> right? So, so, and this is why I said misconfigured. So what happens is we'll try to put a chair together without the instructions wondering why it's misconfigured and the chair is wobbling, mm -hmm. right? But if we follow, follow the instructions of the person who created or manufactured that thing, literally the chair will be perfect. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And everything mm -hmm. will be aligned and it will not be misconfigured. Um, it's also the same thing with cars, um, our alignment on our cars, right? When one of your tires is not equally yoked, right? Or one of your tires is out of alignment, it causes wear and tear on your car. Your car even pulls in the, in the direction of the tire that is misaligned. Mm, oh man, that's a good point. Yeah, so, so in your life, when you're misaligned, you pull into that direction. See, the Bible says this, you are drawn away by your own lust and desires, right? So when you're drawn away or misaligned, you actually pull into that direction more than the direction that you're supposed to. So when you're driving in a lane, right? You'll pull to the left or the right where the misalignment is instead of just driving straight. Have you ever driven and just let go of your steering wheel for a second and your car stayed straight? Mm -hmm. It's because you're aligned. But mm -hmm. if you did that and your car was misaligned, you'll pull to the soft shoulder or into other traffic mm -hmm. and cause a collision. Mm -hmm. And many of us cause collisions in our lives because we're misaligned. That was such a beautiful analogy. I was actually going to say I've driven a car that had a misaligned wheel and it was really shaky. And, um, but I never, you know, the, the, the kind of translation of that into our daily life, if we're misaligned, our life is going to kind of go in that wrong direction. Yeah. Um, that's a really powerful thought. Yeah. So blessings crown the head of the righteous, right? So basically you will be blessed. I'll give you a, a testimony. Um, being an upright standing with God. Um, 
there was a snowstorm and working where I had to work, I worked for the government and I had to go regardless of the weather, right? Um, and one day I prayed before I left, like I normally do. And on my way to work, I turned down the street. I audibly heard a voice say, stop. I stopped my car. A few seconds later, a tree branch fell right in front of my car. Wow. So God will protect you. We've said throughout the years that he'll, he'll protect you from dangers seen and unseen. You mm -hmm. will get God's protection. He'll fight battles for you that you don't even know are happening, right? He'll open doors for you that you didn't know it even existed, right? He'll give you blessings that you can't comprehend. He's able to do, the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or even think, yeah. right? So he'll blow your mind when you fall in alignment with God. Here's another example, and I'm, I'm going to uh, stop after this. No, keep <laughs> uh, going. <laughs> uh, so the Old Testament, we had the children of Israel, right? Um, and because of comparison, they wanted a king like the other nations, right? So they ended up picking Saul to be their king. He stood head and shoulders above every other man. He was handsome, etc. right? So um, Saul ended up in disobedience. This is why I reference obedience is better than sacrifice. God was actually saying because, I mean, Saul, because of Saul, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. He commanded Saul to do certain things. He only followed the instructions to a certain extent. And then he saved certain things for himself. And then when he was addressed or found out, he said, oh, I saved this for you as a sacrifice. But God said obedience is better than sacrifice. So God had a plan to redeem the children of Israel. And he said, what I want you to do is go down. He told the prophet, he said, I want you to go down to Bethlehem and I have a king that I have chosen in Bethlehem. Saul went to Bethlehem. He met Jesse and he basically went through the sons and he says, surely this is the one, right? The one that was tall, the one that was handsome. And God said, this is not the one man judges with the eye, but I judge the heart. Right. And mm -hmm. so in Bethlehem, God chose David to be king in Bethlehem. A few thousand years later, God had already promised a redeemer. All throughout scripture, God pr promised a redeemer. He even promised David that his line would never die. His king, king I'm sorry, his line for his kingdom would never die. Mm -hmm. um, and so in Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, Jesus actually wasn't supposed to be in Bethlehem. But the alignment throughout thousands of years, God aligned us or aligned Christ um, to happen, his birth to happen in Bethlehem. And it's crazy because God redeemed Bethlehem. He redeemed the children of Israel. He redeemed mm -hmm. us at the time of David. Mm -hmm. He had already had that plan. So in your life, we see things for the moment. We see things at the moment. We have a limited view, but God has a God's eye view, what we normally call a bird's eye view, right? So right. when we align with God, we align to what he sees probably a, a, a hundred days, a year, 
five years, 10 years down the line, and he always has good thoughts to you. He said for you, he said in, in his word, he said, I know the plans I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil. So when we align with God, all we can do is receive good. Yes, the world around us will uh, 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 try to force evil upon us and do things to us. But the Bible says a thousand may fall at your left side, 10,000 at your right, but it will not come near you because God is protecting you. So mm -hmm. with spiritual alignment, God sees your future before you do. Mm -hmm. He has a better view of your life than you do. So why not align with God, trust God, believe God, obey God, because his plan is always better than ours. Mm -hmm. Amen. Wow, you're preaching. I love it. I feel like I'm in church right now. <laughs> this, is so, this is so good. I, we could really talk for a while um, about this, but I, I want to kind of wrap it up here um, with some final questions and uh, bring in Janice to see if she has any other follow-up questions as well. But the one uh, thought that that we wanted to um, to ask you is in terms of other resources, um, whether it's books, podcasts, or general resources, um, what would you recommend for people? Um, also for those maybe who are interested in, in beginning a journey of spiritual alignment, um, but they're not quite sure where to start. Uh, I, 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 uh, what was the book I said, I talked about earlier? I can't remember. Um, Our Daily Bread is a good, great book. Um, but mm -hmm. what I would recommend is um, Instagram. If you have Instagram, um, Dr. Tony Evans, at Tony Evans, um, Greg Laurie, at Greg Laurie. Um, I also, I love this man, um, Dr. Matthew Stevenson. Okay. And ANWA, the ANWA movement, A-N-W-A. Um, and I also recommend for uh, a lot of millennials, do three project. Do the number three project. They're on YouTube. They're on Instagram. Um, they address a lot of the concerns of the millennials, hmm. urban concerns, etc., self identity issues, things like that, um, and also the challenges to Christianity. Um, they are more of an apologetics ministry, um, but I, I recommend those. That's great. Thank you. Some of those are new for me, so I'm definitely going to check them out. Thanks for the, the recommendations. And uh, you are also, I heard, working on a book called Know Who You Are. So how does this relate to, tell us, tell us a little bit about that book and, and how that relates to our, our conversation today. So Know Who You Are is based on my life story and how I reconnected with God. Um, and I had an incident when I was young because my parents died when I was very young. And I um, asked my grandfather about me having a father and a mother. And he basically told me, you have to understand <clears throat> that God is all of our fathers and he's the ultimate father, right? But when I dug into my history, my personal history, my family's history, and then I dug into religion or into God, it made me realize that God is my father, right? And we typically get our identity from our fathers, right? Um, a lot of us look for validation. This is why we have so much trouble 
in our communities because there's a fatherless generation, right? And they're seeking for who they are, they're searching. So a lot of us claim to be autonomous, right? But we do whatever the culture says to do. We dress how the culture says to dress. We act the way the culture says to act. Um, mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> know who you are um, is based on my life story, but it ultimately directs us back to God, who is the manufacturer, who is our father. And we get our validation from God. So he said we're above and not beneath, right? We're the lender and not the borrower. He says that we are royal priesthood, right? So right. you realize that you're an ambassador. When you realize that you are a son of the great God, the great king, the great champion. He's never lost the battle, right? When you realize that, it boosts your confidence. It lets you know that who you are in Christ Jesus, right? It lets you know that you're greater, you're above and not beneath, right? So you don't settle for relationships that causes abuse in your life. You don't settle for jobs that treat you at a low standard, right? You don't settle for drugs that abuse your system, right? So ultimately, know who you are tells you who you are in Christ, and it helps you to elevate yourself from the muck and the mire, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, when can I get my hands on this book? I'm excited to read it. Hopefully January. Okay. Yep. Very fun. So Janice and I will make sure to stay updated on that, and maybe we can... Um, drop a, a reminder in the podcast for those um, that are continuing to listen with us in case they're also interested in, in finding the book. And uh, will it be, do you have a, a website or your own maybe Instagram page that people can go to to continue if they're interested in following you or seeing more of your work? Yeah, the website is imjameslewis.com. And is that I-A-M or I-M? I-M. Okay. The letter I, the letter M, jameslewis.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for tuning in uh, today. And just a reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Feel free to leave a review or a comment to let us know what you liked. All right. So let's unpack some of that, Janice. That was a lot of amazing Agreed. truth being yes. spoken. Like he was on point and speaking from God's word. Like, I think when you hear truth like that, you're, you just naturally crave it. And it's, I think it's something our society is craving today with all this misinformation and fake news and confusion about, you know, who God is and, and who we are and what truth is. You know, it, there's a lot of relevant relativism out there. Um, relativism, excuse me. You know, your truth is your truth. My truth is, is my truth. But there's, I think, again, like speaking from scripture, when you hear the truth with a capital T, it's like it stops you in your tracks. You're like, okay, I need to listen. And then it's it's like, we crave it. We want to hear more and more. And so I could have, I could have really you know, listen to him for hours. So, but one thing I wanted to share is that stuck out to me is um, just that towards the end comment about al alignment and the analogy of the car tire being uh, misaligned or out of alignment. And you can totally feel it physically, your car's vibrating. And then 
when you let go of the steering wheel, your car actually turns in the direction of which wheel is misaligned. And it's the exact same way in life. Like he was saying, I never thought about it. Like if you're, if you're misaligned in any, you know, aspect of life, whether it's spiritually or you're just with the wrong crowd, that's unfortunately where your life is going to go. You're going to start, if you're with the wrong crowd, you're going to start acting the way they do. Or if you're reading something, um, if you're, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so that's, something that I'm going to have to, you know, continue digesting and, um, loved it. Loved it. Same, 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 same. I think at one point you actually said that you felt like you went to church Yes, and I'm just laughing because I felt the same exact way after the conversation. I just felt so full, you know, so I definitely (laughs) knew what you meant when you said that. And like you said, I just had similar reactions. I just felt like, wow, there was so much, truth and on such a deep level he definitely wasn't giving us any surface level information so it was just like super insightful I think one thing that stood out to me was when he shared a little bit about his personal story how he didn't grow up with his parents and he said his grandfather was the one to sort of tell him that God was his spiritual father and then he made the comparison of how just as a natural father gives a natural child identity it's the same idea with God our spiritual father he gives us our identity and that really hit home for me and it just I love that because I think a lot of times in life depending on what we're facing and like you said earlier we have so many messages that we're bombarded by and not all of the messages are true everybody has these different versions and different perspectives of things so it's easy to get confused and lose sight of who you really are so when he said that I just I loved it and I'm just like you know what like I needed to be reminded of that because a lot of times you know, we make decisions for our lives based off of how we feel and who we think we are. And so we have to be reminded of that truth. So I don't know, overall, I'm just still on a high from this conversation. I think it just, it was so, it was so good. So, so good. And um, just to put in a plug that what you were just saying reminded me of that children's book by Max Lucado called You Are Special. Seriously, one of my favorite children's books, but it's like really powerful. It's good for adults to read too. And it's about that. Yeah, it's it's about that, that same message of who your identity is in. And if your identity is in your maker, nothing that anyone says is going to really bring you down. Like, nobody really ultimately it's God's voice and God's message about who you are that matters. And if you really um, believe that you will act on that and it will affect how you receive um, messages from other people. And it's, it's a very powerful story. So I highly recommend you check it out in the audience. Right. Check, okay. you know, check us out that book too. But yeah, I, I love how we haven't necessarily met James in person, but I just feel like I have a deep connection with him um, you know, through that alignment in Christ. Like you just feel naturally, um, connected on a deeper level with those that share your faith. So, yes. So with that being said, (laughs) so with with that being said, I guess we're, we're still like, you know, we're still thinking about the conversation, but with that being said, um, we're going to conclude this episode and we just want you listeners to remember a life fully aligned is a life fully lived. And until next time, we will continue the conversation.